Willow. A tale of two women begins today on Search for Truth. This is your Bible teaching program with Brian Johnston. This is a five-week series and its purpose is to help us make wise life choices which will be to our well-being and help us cultivate a good character. The Bible is of course the source of our teaching and Brian's readings today will be mainly from the earlier chapters of the Old Testament book of Proverbs. So let's join our two women now with Brian to see how they behave when facing seduction. Thanks, John. In every generation and place, we each must choose between the wisest of things and the most foolish of things. The Bible, with its use of literary devices, styles this as the choice between two women, each of whom competes for our attention and indeed clamours for our affection. It may seem more than a tad chauvinistic in this day and age, but it's not really. While there should be gender symmetry in the choice being presented here, the Bible personifies wisdom and folly as two women, not least because its message is couched in terms of a father giving his son some basic guidance, a little insight into navigating one's way in the world. Some commentators have taken this imagery a shade further and named these female characters as Dame Wisdom and Madam Folly. In reading the first nine chapters of the Bible book of Proverbs, we are accosted by each of these two women in turn, like those who, on the doorstep or in the marketplace, try to attract our attention as they promote some household energy supplier or alternative credit card, when we begin to read Proverbs, we encounter Dame Wisdom and Madam Folly calling out to us. As in chapter 1 verse 20, Wisdom shouts in the street. She lifts her voice up in the square. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the gates in the city, she utters her sayings. How long, O naive ones, will you love being simple-minded? And scoffers delight themselves in scoffing, and fools hate knowledge. Further, in chapter 9 of Proverbs, wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out her seven pillars. She has prepared her food. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her maidens. She calls from the tops of the heights of the city. Whoever is naive, let him turn in here. To him who lacks understanding, she says, Come, eat of my food and drink of the wine I have mixed. Forsake your folly and live and proceed in the way of understanding. While on the other hand, and this introduces us to Madam Folly, later in Proverbs 9, we read the woman of folly is boisterous. She is naive and knows nothing. She sits at the doorway of her house, on a seat by the high places of the city, calling to those who pass by, who are making their path straight. Whoever is naive, let him turn in here. And to him who lacks understanding, she says, stolen water is sweet, and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he doesn't know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of Sheol. As we've already said, the most prominent theme of Proverbs chapters 1 through 9 is the contrast between Dame Wisdom, if you like, and Madam Folly. In each chapter of this introductory section, we run into either Madam Folly, 
Dame Wisdom, or both of them. The way of wisdom and the way of folly are personified by women. This is particularly appropriate, as we say, because here it's the passing on of information from father to son, and priority instruction is given to the kind of woman to pursue and the kind of woman to avoid. Dame Wisdom and Madame Folly are literary tools to teach the young man on both literal and metaphorical levels. Madame Folly is godless and immoral. She is also senseless and simple. She doesn't consider her own path or the fact that it leads others to death. She is shameless about her adulterous behaviour. She eats and wipes her mouth and says, I have done no wrong. Wisdom, on the other hand, is personified as a pure young woman, the type the wise son should pursue and with whom he should seek a priceless, incomparable and fulfilling relationship. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire compares with her, he's told. She will honour you if you embrace her, Proverbs 4 verse 8. Both wisdom and folly are described vividly as pursuing men, urging them to follow in their paths. Madame Folly calls to those who pass by, to those who are making their path straight. Dame Wisdom warns men of the deadly destruction that awaits all who continue on the path of folly. She warns in Proverbs 6.32, the one who commits adultery with a woman is lacking sense. He who would destroy himself does it. In other words, Dame Wisdom doesn't tell men what they want to hear, but what they need to hear. Dame Wisdom is straightforward, speaking of noble and right things. She offers teaching and commandments, counsel and sound wisdom. She promises security, peace, long life, riches and honour, and most of all, life. Madame Folly is subtle and fails to warn men that following her leads inevitably to death. If Dame Wisdom appeals to the spiritual, Madame Folly appeals to the sensual. She dresses seductively and describes her bed in erotic terms with spices and expensive coverings. What Dame Wisdom says is true, but Madame Folly trades in lies and illusion. She doesn't apologise for sin, nor even tries to excuse it. A relationship with her is appealing for the very reason that it's illicit. Proverbs 9 and 16 says, To him who lacks understanding, she says, stolen water is sweet, and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. Stolen water, she suggests, is sweeter than drinking from your own well. She really markets the excitement factor, and the fool buys it. Advertising agencies have nothing to teach Madame Folly. Basically, she appeals to the fleshly desires of her victim. Her pitch is flattering and personal. She offers him sumptuous food, hints at being cultured and sophisticated, and above all, what's on offer is a sexual encounter to fulfil his fantasies. There's no danger of being caught, she adds. She emphasises the moment of pleasure and minimises its long-range consequences. It's all about offering short-term thrills at painful long-term prices. Taking these two women, Dame Wisdom and Madame Folly, at face value, there's one clear lesson that's presented first, the priority of sexual purity. 
Solomon knew that there were few dangers greater than that of sexual impurity. After all, this was the area of Solomon's own downfall, as well as that of David, his father. Foreign women were a snare to Samson and to the nation of Israel. Sexual purity is a priority for those who would be godly and wise. Proverbs reminds parents that we shouldn't be shy about teaching our children candidly the dangers of sexual sin. Society and the media reinforce continually the model of madam folly. Girls are bombarded by messages telling them that they can find approval by flaunting their bodies, wearing provocative clothing and by putting on sensuous perfumes. The godly woman, Dame Wisdom, is not the model many of today's young women are familiar with. A far cry from the Apostle Peter's portrayal of the godly woman of chaste and respectful behaviour, whose adornment must not be merely external, braiding the hair and wearing gold jewellery or putting on dresses, but let it be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit which is precious in the sight of God, That's from 1 Peter 3, of course. In fact, male or female, there's a real danger that we're all lacking understanding in some regard and at some time or other in our lives. Lacking understanding or sense. That's an expression often repeated in the book of Proverbs with at least four other themes connected to it, as well as the one we've looked at in this study. In the remaining studies in this series, We'll look at each other theme in turn, always keeping in mind the dramatic introductory backdrop of the book of Proverbs. That's these two imposing women, Dame Wisdom and Madam Folly. Which one holds our attention? Did you know that a free transcript book is available to accompany these talks and a copy can be yours if you write in? We'd also be pleased to hear any comments or questions you might have. And the talk you've heard today is also available to download via the internet in audio or text format. But if you'd like a copy of the book, just ask for The Tale of Two Women. You can do this by email or by post and here's our address. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wootton Bassett, Swindon, SN48DY, UK. Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. Now, you may be interested to know that you can listen again to many of these broadcasts off-air 
by audio, podcast or MP3 versions. So if you go to www.searchfortruth.podbean.com, you can browse the list of previous talks, which you'll see has been sorted into categories to help you find what you're looking for. So it's been a pleasure to have your company today. Many thanks again for your friendship. And I hope you can join me again next week when our tale of two women continues in their use of the tongue. Should be interesting. Until then, it's goodbye for now and very best wishes from Bible teacher Brian, producer David, our sings and me, John. So see you again soon. And in the meantime, may God richly bless you.